Hey, Kingdom Real Estate Investors, this is Ellis Hammond. I hope you are doing so great today, and I want to share an insight with you, an insight that I believe if you can grab hold of today, it, it can make you rich. And I don't just mean a little rich. Like, I mean, this is the type of insight, this is the type of mindset shift that after interviewing dozens and dozens and being around other millionaires and building a seven-figure net worth myself, this is the mindset that I believe most people would stake that type of rich you know, success on. And I would even state it the other way, that if you do not learn this insight, if you're not able to apply and take on this mindset yourself, that it is the number one thing that will keep you poor. It will, be the, it will be the number one thing that will keep you from growing or advancing in your life and not just in your career, but in so many areas of your life, in your marriage and in your faith and in your parenting. And this was an insight that I think I've learned over the years, but it became really clear in a recent coaching call with our students inside of Kingdom REI because that's what we do. We help people who are working a nine-to-five break out and start their own business, right? Start their own real estate venture and buying deals or raising capital and start breaking in to large real estate deals. And, you know, we were having this conversation like, man, this this is it. Like, this is this is, became so clarifying for me, and I wanted, I wanted to share that with you today. In order to do that, I want to I want to share a quick story with you. Uh, this is not my own story. It's about someone else, but I, I think it was it's so applicable. And I'll take you back to uh, 1943, and a, a woman by the name of Vesta, and of course, this was during World War II, and, and Vesta was a factory worker, and she was working in the factory, and her job was to, uh, um, uh, you know, essentially look over or review the the seals, like these paper seals, like when you imagine like a pull tab that went over ammunition boxes. And the problem with these paper pull tabs at the time is that when they got wet, they of course dissolved, you know? And so you can imagine how problematic that would be if you can't, actually can't open the paper tab. So the, 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 the military workers or the people actually in the field of battle would dip these ammo boxes in, um, like a wax, they would dip them in wax so that it would keep you know the the paper from dissolving when it got wet. Well, the problem with the wax is that it became really hard at times because they were so thin to open them up when they were taking on fire. And so you can imagine if you're sitting in a you know a, a hole and you're taking on fire and your gun runs out of ammo and you're trying to you know protect yourself and fill your gun up with ammo and next thing you the last thing you want to worry about is how to open up this box because that could that, that literally could be the difference that hesitation between life and death and so Vesta being on the factory floor and knowing these issues from the battlefield she started looking for ways to improve this paper seal and she took it upon herself to go do this and so she would literally take samples home from her at work and she you know would begin testing out different things and she started modeling out different things and she would start filling her walls with ideas and she would take these to different manufacturers and see what she could do and she would be testing home remedies and finally finally after weeks what turned into months she came up with a solution a better solution that was actually working that she knew would be great for the the you know our our, our army that would give us tremendous a tremendous advantage on the battlefield. And so what does she do? She's just a factory worker. She can't, you know, make massive changes. So she goes to her boss. She goes to her manager at the time and she says, Hey, I have I have a solution for this. I know this is an issue. I want to be able to solve this. Look what I've done. Here are my samples. Go check this out. And you know what her boss says? He says it's a lousy idea. You know, you know what he's probably thinking? Of course this isn't gonna work. This is a this is a factory worker. Not only this is a factory worker, this is a woman factory worker. Now, 
Now, of course, I don't believe that. I'm just telling you that's probably the mindset of a man in 1943 when a woman who's a factory worker in a lower position than him he is coming to him and saying, hey, your product's not working. I've come up with a better idea and I've come up with it on my own. And so he says, hey, that's a lousy idea. Why don't you just get back to work, Vesta? And so she has an, she has she has a moment here that I think all of us do. She could have just gone back to work, kept doing her job. She tried her best, but her boss said, you know what? It's not going to work. Keep working. But she doesn't. She doesn't stop there. What she does next is pretty insane. She actually uh, writes a letter to the President of the United States, to Franklin D. Roosevelt. Uh, and she literally sends him samples of uh, of this product. And Franklin D. Roosevelt somehow gets this letter you know, hears this woman's story, understands the concern and the issue and the problem that we're having from our from our military, and he is the one who literally puts out an order for these be, for these new ammunition boxes to begin manufacturing immediately. And the story I'm telling you is actually of um, a woman by the name of Vesta Stout, who is uh, who is known to be one of the early creators or founders of what we know now to be duct tape, right? And if you know anything about duct tape, you know, you could, I mean, that, that stuff works for anything. I mean, they take that stuff into space. That stuff works so much. But, but I think this story has so much relevance because the thing I didn't share with you about Vesta and what you see in Vesta is that she, she had this mindset that she is going to figure it out no matter what it takes, that no matter how many no's she gets, no matter how many failures she has to go through in product research, etc., that she was going to figure this out. Because what you don't know about Vesta, or maybe you do if you know her story, that not only was Vesta just a good United States citizen, a good factory worker, Vesta also had two sons serving in the military. And so she knew that if she didn't figure this out, that it wasn't just a matter of, man, you know, I'm not going to make a better product is that my sons could literally die in the war if I don't figure this out. Or maybe my friend's son, right? She was so personal to her that she refused to let no or to let early failure cause her to quit. And guys, this is what I want to talk about today. That in order to shift from nine to five mentality and truly become someone who's going to launch their own venture, become an entrepreneur, or just achieve success in any area, you have to realize that failure is not the enemy. It is the path. And the reason I think that's so hard to adapt is because in your nine to five, you are incentivized in most cases to not mess up. Why? Because in a nine to five role, you're, you're, you're hired to do a job right? Like that's what you came in to do. And typically that job is probably already figured out. And so they don't want you to come in there and maybe, uh, you know, optimize or innovate because they've given you a job to do. And so, but, but this is completely different as an entrepreneur because as an entrepreneur, the only thing you're incentivized to do is to stay alive, right? Like the only thing you're incentivized to do is to make money, if you want to continue to grow, if you want to continue to provide for your family, if you want to continue to make more. And so in my experience, in order to do that, it's not all figured out. Like most parts about starting a business or most starts things about, you know, investing in real estate. Yes, there's a lot of frameworks you can follow. But trust me, there's a whole lot of things that just like, I don't know what to do right now. I just have to figure it out. 
in order to do that, you have to go through a lot of failure. And so I just think this is such an important lesson, guys, because if you're if you're coming out of a nine to five, I think this is so important because as a nine to five worker, you're, you're given an option to fail. <laughs> like, it's okay. Don't worry about improving the product. That was literally what Vesta, you know, had the decision to do is don't worry about it. Don't worry about self-improving. It's okay to be average. It's okay to think small. It's okay to not have big dreams or to not develop your skills and be, and become more profitable to your company. In fact, and I know I'm speaking broadly here, but I also think this is this is true in a lot of cases because in fact, if you do any of those things, if you do start thinking too big, if you do want to be above average, if your skills grow too much, then I'll be forced to promote you <laughs> and then I'll have to pay you more. Or maybe you come for my job as the manager or the boss. And so you come into starting your own career, let's say, or you, or you venture you know, into trying to raise capital for a deal or you're trying to you know, do something new to find new leads for your real estate deals and you have this mindset that it has to be perfect or it has to work the, the first time before you launch it. And guys, this this is just not true. Uh, that you can uh, launch and sell a product before it's built. I mean, literally, guys, we have, we have built things where we went out, launched a product, had people pay for it, and then built the product as we went as a live product. You can raise money before you have a deal. It's actually one of the things we teach inside of our community is that because you don't need a deal to start raising money, you should start raising money before you have a deal. You can make an offer on a deal before you have the money. That you shouldn't actually wait to start marketing and finding sellers and talking to sellers and making offers on leads when you have all the money. And in most cases, this is the best way to do it because now you are in a position of, like again, when you force the hand, when you actually step out and say, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to launch that product. I'm going to go out and put an offering. I'm going to start talking to investors even though I don't have a deal. Or I'm going to start marketing for deals even though I don't know where all the money is. Guess what that does? That manipulates your mind. That that manipulates the situation to a situation of it's okay to fail to a situation of guess what? I am no longer allowed to fail. I have to make this I have to make this work. And I and I mean fail in the long in the long run sense, right? Of like Vesta knew that in order to not fail in the long run of I have to figure out this ammunition box, she had to fail in the short term. She had to, she had to get a no. She had to go through different product research. And this is a way to make failure become early failure, become not only an option but your friend of right and, and and the way that you know this is beginning to change for you, like how okay, that was cool. How, how do I know that this is going to that this is working? Is that you know this is beginning to change for you when you actually start asking for no's <laughs> or you start looking for them more quickly. Because you know that you can't be successful without without iterations, without trying new things, right? And then the faster you get a no, the more quickly you can adapt, the faster you can reiterate, the faster you can reproduce, the faster maybe you can go on to the next person. They say, no, I'm not interested, or no, I can't fund that, or no, I don't have the money. It's like, okay, great. Thank you for not wasting my time. It's time to go on to the next person. And I've just seen this over and over and over in, in my in my in my business career. And in fact, we made it a core value in our company that we want to 
you know, people that I'm hiring or bringing into our company because I know this is typically not the culture of most environments that we actually have a core value of fail fast. And I, and I tell our team almost weekly that guys, I, I, I am so okay with failure that I, I actually want us to fail so much that, you know, that, that most people don't even, that most people don't even, um, that most people don't even realize because when, you know, teaching our community right now about lead magnets and putting out lead magnets. And most people will probably take two to three months to put out a lead magnet because they worked, you know, they, they worked so hard on it, right? They had to figure out the perfect headline. They had to figure out, you know, the, the perfect product, they, you know, all of this stuff to get it launched. And then for what? For mild or average results. You know what our team's going to do instead? I'm going to create six to eight lead magnets and I'm going to test the headlines and I'm going to test how many people download them knowing that likely the first six or seven are going to be duds. But I don't know what great, I don't know what a great lead magnet is until I get it out there. And so that's the type of stuff we're doing. I mean, even with our offers, I know you don't maybe necessarily see this on, you know, as a consumer, but if you're inside of our company, you're like, dude, Ellis changes his mind all the time. And it's like, no, I actually don't change my mind all the time. It's just that I've already tested things already without you even knowing about it. Like I posted it on LinkedIn or I posted it on Facebook or I actually went and called someone and tried to sell it to them and they said no. And so I'm just, I am testing and getting no's so, so fast, guys. And I'm telling you, when you become okay with no, when you realize that failure is not uh, not just an option, it is the it is necessary in order for you to become successful, you become incredibly powerful. When you when you are no longer afraid of no's, when you're no longer afraid of failure, and you actually begin to realize it's necessary, it is the path to success, your life will begin to radically shift. And you can see how important this is in every arena of life, not just business, but also parenting or marriage or your faith. You know, the goal of life is not to be perfect. The goal of life is to be better. And the only way I know to be better is to try. <laughs> and someone who's failing, in my opinion, is someone who's trying. And so I want to just put that on you today and, and really ask the question of, you know, where are you afraid to fail right now? What 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 action do you need to take immediately today, as soon as this podcast is over, in order to go get a greater yes? Uh, one of the things that that I do that I've learned from other pastors and writers is, you know, let fear be an indicator of what you need to do. And that's been something that's really stuck, stuck for me is that, you know, typically we let fear, you know, we we don't want to go towards fear. Well, actually what I've realized is that when I'm fear, when I'm fearful of something, I need to press into it. When I'm scared to do something, I actually need to lean more. I need to lean into it more. And so what is it? What are you afraid of? right now doing who are you afraid to call or what action are you afraid to make and that could be in your business could be a relationship could be in your faith and let fear be an indicator of, the, of what you need to do today guys i hope this helped you so much i uh, i want to be in your corner i'm here to help you if you're interested in, in becoming part of our kingdom real estate investor community and you want to learn how to break into large multifamily apartment communities Come check us out. Go to kingdomrei.com and you'll be able to watch a video there, schedule a call with our team and see if we can help you do the same to actually leave your nine to five job and start breaking in to real estate investing and really building a better financial legacy, a financial future for you and your family and, and do something you love to do a career and build a business 
uh, where you can have both, where you can actually make money and, and make impact. And so if that's you, go to kingdomrei.com, schedule a, t- a call with either myself or our team. would love to meet you and see if there's more ways to help you guys. If you enjoyed content like this, please let us know by sharing this content, okay? Just take a screenshot. Send this to someone, guys. That would mean so, so much if you would do that today. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is... Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to thekingdomrei.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to ellishammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers. Cheers.